Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. What is up, everybody? Welcome to episode 57 of the Agree to Disagree show, where we discuss current events, politics, pop culture, and social issues. Guys, this evening, um, we have a special guest for you. But before we do, let me just tell you about our sponsor, our main sponsor at CigarNights.com, where all you cigar aficionados get all your cigar accessories. We got everything there. They have lighters, they got torches, they have cutters, they have ashtrays. Check it out. Uh, it's a great website, and uh, you can learn a little, a few things here and there of uh, cigar smoking. Tonight, uh, we have a special guest. Um, our guest tonight is a retired SPVM police officer and veteran, and, of course, fellow Boston Bruins fan. And, of course, I just remembered he is also a cigar smoker. So, without further ado, let's please welcome to the show, Dino Costa. Hey. Hi there. Just Hello. in time, Dino. <laughs> Just in time. Uh, listen, I'm a little nervous today, you know, because it's the, I'm not a, you know, I'm not, I'm not a star like you. No. I'm, no. a, I'm a reserved <laughs> police officer. I don't like too much. I, I do things behind the scenes and, you know. But uh, I think it uh, at retirement, you know, I'm getting the itch. I'm s- sitting on my rear end doing nothing. So <laughs> I'm listening to your podcast. You have actually a really good show. You have some good guests, some very interesting guests. Thanks. And uh, exactly like the show says, you know, sometimes I agree, sometimes I disagree. But you know what? It makes for good entertainment. So I'm Absolutely. happy to be here. Thank you for having Thanks, me. Thanks, Dino. I, I really appreciate it, everybody. Uh, guys, for those, just to let you know, Dino and I met uh, in, in a Boston Bruins uh support group if we could call it that because uh, of course dino is originally from montreal now living in the beautiful state the last living free state or place on earth florida usa the sunshine state yes where our our beloved governor desantis the voice of reason in the world so before we start dino uh, I just want to mention, guys, just a, a disclaimer that uh, I need to mention that Dino's opinions and views expressed here tonight are his own and solely his own, and they are not that of of the SPVM, which is, of course, uh, the police force of La Ville de Marial. So that's very important to mention that uh, Dino is here not representing them. He is a retired police officer, and uh, so we really wanted to get that out of the way. First of all, let's start by saying again, a huge thank you, Dino. I was so happy when you reached out to me, asking me, wanting to be on my show, because I actually wanted to ask you too. So it just worked out perfectly, because uh, I find that you're such a, a um, intelligent man. You've seen a lot, which I, I'd love to talk about today. And we're going to get into your multiple uh, acts of your life. And um, so so I, I really appreciate that. So tell us, um, first of all, how tell us a little bit about your career as a police officer and as a veteran and how do those two things come about 
Well, it, it was very, very simple. I always wanted to be a cop when I was a kid. Uh, you know, I watched the cops. I, you know, loved the, the police cars, you know. And my mom even told me when I was a kid, I was saying, oh, you know, doing my prayer at night. It says, please pray for the police officers, uh, you know. I mean, I don't remember that. My mom used to tell me that. Wow. But then the reality of having, you know, immigrant parents came. And when I was discussing it with my parents, it was out of the idea. And, you know, don't forget, I'm a little older. It's not like today's where, you know, Greek, Italian and, you know, Portuguese parents pushed it. They wouldn't mind. Back in my day, it was like, no, police, uh, c'était mal vu. It wasn't good to be a police officer. So you're going to go to university, you're going to get a business degree. That, that's that's what's my parents' dream. <laughs> So basically, being the firstborn where you have to tread the water for everyone else, I went to university. I, I, I did the economics, got my degree, worked for the CSST uh, for the first my first job, 22 years old, out of university. CSST hires me. Oh, my God. And tie, you know, doing a power. And I wasn't in power. I don't know. Those old Apple computers. But at least they had an Apple. <laughs> That's so not you, dude. Yeah, you know. <laughs> And, and suit and tie, I was basically doing payroll, I, you know, like uh, having economics data, I'm doing payroll, uh, whatever. Anyway, it didn't work out. I did nine months. I hated it. So I was, uh, and then I said, well, I'm going to join the RCMP. So I went and I applied the RCMP and I did all the tests. And uh, at the end, the last, last interview, the guy says, uh, was, uh, you're, I'm on the fence, but he goes, you're too young. I'm 22. I'm in shape. You know, like my said, mm -hmm. mindset back then. When are you going to take me? He says, the average age of the Mountie at recruit is 26.8 years. So you're 22. You got time. But he says to me, why don't you do a couple of years in the military and then come back? So you should have seen. I went outside Green Avenue, C <laughs> Company, RCMP. I ran to St. Catherine and Bishop. Yes, true, right? right. <laughs> I went right here to the recruiting center. And I said, hey, I'm going to do something. Because that was, that's how, I, that's how the military started. It was, you know. So uh, I did that. And then I uh, did my military career. And then uh, I wanted to join the RCMP. So I applied to the RCMP and I applied SPDM at the same time. So mm -hmm. I was doing the test at each time. And the uh, SPVM accepted me, and uh, the RCMP was waiting. I was waiting. I was in the, in the fog, so I continued, and then I got hired. And the ironic part was I've already done two years of SPVM now, and I get a letter from the RCMP. Uh, we are ready to proceed with your candidature if you want to go to Ragland. You know what? I'm already working now. So it was sometimes in life, it's just the timing. Yeah, yeah. has nothing to do with your talent, has nothing to do with your knowledge, has not, it's timing. And if there's no budget and you could be the top candidate and you're there. And if, you know, there's a budget and even though you're not in the best candidates, but they need X amount of people to fill the void, mm -hmm. you get in. And that's the way it is. And that's everything in life. It's not just in police. I guess it's everything. It's just timing. Timing is everything. Timing is everything. But I am I am interested in before we get into the the latter part of well the beginning of, of you as as a police officer your career um, during your your years and in the military what where where were you stationed what did what exactly did you know how long were you there I was I was there for six years so I did the Chilliwack British Columbia I did Borden Ontario for three and a half years and then I finished in Saint Hubert Quebec for uh, the last uh, about three two and a half three years uh saint -Tubar. and i was being posted to edmonton it was not even a, i didn't want to be going to edmonton <laughs> and that's when the uh, stvm i got a uh promise the 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 enough mm -hmm. 
So I said, okay. And at the same time, it was when I joined in the late 80s, it was uh, Brian Mulroney and he was pro-military. And we had a budget. We had a lot of weapons and we played war games in northern BC. It was really nice. And then in the early 90s, it was Jean Chrétien and he decimated our military. We went from 83,000 active members in the Reg Force down to 34,000. A third. Wow. A third. So how you how are you supposed to defend your country with a third? It's the liberal policy. He he was figuring United States is never going to let anyone invade us. So and it was too bad because I mean we had a, a lot of training. My first four years or three and a half four years we had a lot of training. We were the best trained individual uh, officers in the world in 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 the military. And as we I was finishing my 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 career my the last uh, two and a half three years. We had no budget, not even for bullets to be shooting. They didn't even want us to shoot. Uh, it, was, it was crazy. No exercises. Basically, you were showing up in St. Hubert collecting a paycheck. You, you weren't really doing, you know. You oh, were, my God. Yeah, it, it was it was disgusting. It was disgusting. And, I, and you know, I mean, that's what – and, and we were proud. We were very – you know, when you put on a military uniform, you're a proud person. You know, you, you're in shape. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're flying. You know, you're, you're – you, you have all these weaponry at your disposal. And then it's like, just show up to work, uh, you know, go through the motions and go back home. You know, basically. And, and you know what, Dino, this coming, and, and I, I, I got look shivers when you say that, coming from such a proud military country such as our own. And, and for those of you that don't know, you know how important a role a lot of our battalions played in World War One and World War Two, and and I've talked about this when I had Ted Bird on my show. He's one of the official spokesmen for Operation Husky, right? right. The battle to free Sicily, and uh, because my parents are, are are from Italy and were born and raised in Sicily, so that that's um, you know it plays a little uh, a special place in my heart for me. And I hear about these stories and how uh, how respected we were and how important we were in the military history books, and now to see it decimated to the point where it is today. And then for me, the culmination was, and I want to get your, your, your feedback on this, Dino is for me. Um, I, I, I will never forget, you know, like I said this again, and I, I'm, I don't care how many times I'm going to say it. And I, I'm sure you're not going to know what I'm going to say is for me. I always, from day one, I couldn't stand Justin Trudeau, but what put me over the edge, you know, is when in that town hall, I don't know if you remember when that veteran came up, and asked him, I remember, Mr. Prime Minister, you seem to have money for, like you said, off air to give to 150, 150 causes or countries across the world. You have seemed to have $600 million to bail out a dying media within your own country. Sir, where's our money for the veterans that went to war? that defended our country whether or not they went to war really doesn't matter but we're always there prepared and ready to 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 and you answer them you ask of us too much of what we do not have you do not you're asking more than we can give you know i don't know if you could because i I get too angry so from you from for somebody that served in the military how do you perceive that how do you deal with that how do you even People are losing sight that the only reason that we have a free and clear democracy is because there's a, a military that does provide. Now, yes, it's been shambled over the years and we play less of a role. But if throughout history, democracy was not just given, it was fought 
and it was defended. And listen, my my parents come from Sparta. Okay, mm-hmm. we were the first democracy. The whole world back then, three thousand years ago, in four hundred BC, the world was all slaves except for that little dot called Sparta. Greece wasn't even a country yet, but Sparta, yeah. that little dot, the only free people in the world. They never invaded anyone. They never. They weren't like conquerors. But they said, you know what? This our little land. Don't bother us. And they had the fierce, most respected, most you know, elite military in the history at the time, obviously, with the weapons that they have, you know, and I shudder to think how many times the Persians wanted to enslave us and how many times we fought, we fought these battles, we lost some battles, but the whole war, we kept our democracy and eventually Greece gave democracy to the world. So, you know, it's, it's not a given people are born here. Oh, we're free. We're not free. We're, we're, several years away from communism and as you can see since 215 certain western governments including our own are taking steps baby steps slowly 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 all with the same goal taking away our freedoms and if you're not looking at it if you're not seeing it it's because you're using social media to do other things, I don't know, to, to watch, uh, you know, bikini Instagram models or something, you know, I, okay. you know, it's ridiculous. So I'm going to interrupt you just for a second, guys. Now, whoever's watching this show, whoever's listening to it afterwards on a podcast, these words that he just said, just play back the last minute of what Dino just said is coming from a veteran, a military veteran and a retired police officer. Just just remember what he just said. We're not dealing with some psycho here. We're not dealing with some conspiracy theorist. Remember what he just said the next time you decide whether or not to question your government. Now, that's all I'm going to say. So to get back to what, how did, how, how, first of all, how do you have the courage as a prime minister? I don't even call him a prime minister because he's a drama teacher. For me, that's all he is and ever will be how do you have the courage to tell this to a veteran and how did the the veteran affairs and how did the veteran veterans take this i mean it's well treason. yeah the military does not like him i don't I, if, if you can find five people that will vote for him from the military maybe some of the brass that is you know rubbing elbows with him in ottawa you know what I'm talking about? That, that's, to me, they're not soldiers. They're just politicians. Uh, after a certain point, you got to understand you're a politician. You're not a soldier. You're not a, you're a politician. And even in the police, when you get to the chief, the vice chief and the top five guys, listen, you're a politician. You're a politician. You have zero credibility when it comes to certain things because you are told. I can guarantee you our chiefs of police and chiefs of military, they don't even believe the BS that they're telling you. Because unfortunately, the politics who pay their salary, the mayors and, and, the, and, and the military, it's the Canadian government, they tell them this is the, the narrative you're going to portray. And they have no choice. They say it, they get the big bucks, and you at the bottom, you have to follow those orders. You know, but we'll go into it later. That you know, Yeah. So, so before I'm just gonna, I was gonna ask you a question, but I just wanted to just read a few comments here on, on, uh, and by the way, guys, if you have any comments, any questions for, for Dino, please feel free. First of all, my good friend Dario Vitali, a local, a loyal listener and watcher of the show, we thank you for your service. Thanks so much, Dario, for those nice words for Dino. Uh, military personnel are highly mistreated by government. Absolutely, Dario, I could not agree with you more, buddy. You know how many times I brought up that story. And how much respect I have for them. My good friend Pat as well, loyal uh, listener and watcher. Good evening, gentlemen. I have a question for Dino. 
How would you react if you believe the senior officer pocketed cash found at the scene of a crime? Would you report him, report him or not? Absolutely. Absolutely. First of all, I would tell them before I report them, I would tell them, hey, you hear that? I don't know what you're going to plan to do, but that money is going. And trust me, normally I'm very, I'm very persuasive when it comes to certain things. I was taught two things when I was, I remember I was 12 years old. I was outside, you know, with my baseball glove and I was, you know, in my, my backyard. My father came out of the blue one day. I remember he goes, I'm just going to let you know one thing. He says, in my house, thieves and liars do not enter. I go, but dad, I never did. No, no. He goes, I'm not saying you did it. I'm just telling you in the future. No one will enter my house that's a thief or a liar. That thing today at 56 years old, I'm still, I'm seeing it, you know, and, and I live by that. Do not steal. Do not take anything that does not belong to you. And if you have to leave it there, you leave it there. But you do not take it with you. If you take it with you, like you said, you, you package it, you put it at the police station, you have the envelope and everything is legit. You don't do that. So that so, that's something that I don't do. I don't, you know, you don't, you don't steal. Pat, I could, uh, I could confirm that Dino is an extra stand-up guy. Second of all, he's a Bruins fan, so you wow. know he's even extra. And now I know where the badass comes from, Dino, with the tattoos and everything. It's your Spartan blood. I knew this it. I knew it. Not from <laughs> this is to honor my father. I knew it. I knew it. It's the Spartan blood. I knew it. So and On the inside, it's I don't know if you see it. It says, Molon Lave. And that, what does that mean? The Spartans to drop the shield says, come and get him. I love it. I love it. Uh, Pat says, thanks for your honesty, Dino. Thumbs up. Awesome, Pat. Thanks so much for the questions and the comments. <laughs> Going back to what you were saying before. Now, I, I know that you haven't been in Florida for a, for a while, but I know that you, you are a well-read and well-educated man in terms of not just, of course, policing and all those uh, that and, and everything surrounded by that, but obviously you mentioned your economics degree and your politics. You're very well-versed as well. But do you do you see a difference? And it, it goes back to the last comment you said. Is there and could we benefit by having a separation of pol policies or politics and military? Is there, I know that's probably non-existent in, this, in, in Canada. Is, is there less of that or more of a separation in the United States? No, it's, it's exactly the same thing. It's the, same. Look, look, the commander-in-chief in the States is who? It's the president of the United States. Yes. So believe it or not, even though they never serve, they know nothing. He's the commander in chief and he will give an order. You can't, you can't, because don't forget, don't forget the military is a branch. I mean, protecting the country, it protects the country. So you can't have, uh, you can't separate that. And I don't want it to separate. I just want a leader that believes in securing its borders you know, training its military personnel to be upstanding citizens, well-trained and honest, because the better trained you are, the more confidence you have and, and, and you know, the more you can move up, you get a good salary, you know, it creates a good person, person, you know, and, and you just you just continue down the path of of of. You know, being an upstanding citizen, it's it's all goes hand in hand. You know, it's all it's a part of education, a part of having a good job, a part of believing yourself that you're a good and honest person, and all that. It, it brings a total person. It's not just one edge thing. Just it's not just a good education. It's everything intertwined. You know, absolutely. I think it could only just you know just help with the backbone of the country and and be less you know reliant on on Big Brother that we share that we're lucky enough to share a border with. 
I mean, to what point were you going to decimate it to a zero? Um, so, so basically, yeah. So, so that that, that was that. It's just, it's just, it's just unfortunate and shameful. The word, you know, you like you you said before the the decimation of our military, and uh, you know, not replacing military crafts and guns, and not being able to 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 uh, train properly, and then of course the the last and the most the largest slap to the face is of course not even taking care of our veterans i, I don't know you know I, I can never I, I can't get past it i can't i can't get past it. it it just for me there is no bigger insult and um well, i don't know how this government how this how this prime minister is dividing us okay first of all he calls all, everyone a racist yeah. And if there's one racist, it's him. I mean, I don't know about you. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a slightly brown color. I never put blackface. I don't even know what blackface was. Though the last few years, I didn't even know that stuff. Yeah. Because we don't do that. As, as immigrants, we don't, you know, we, we don't look at that stuff, you know. But not only that, you know, the, there's a woman that asked a legitimate question. An elderly woman uh, in, in, in Quebec. She said, Monsieur Trudeau, le 150 million que vous avez pour Exam for uh, Roxham, uh, you know, passage for all the people that are coming illegally. When do you think you can repay Quebec? Because we're paying for that. Mm -hmm. We called her a racist. Ah, racist. And she got arrested. I mean, RCMP jumped on her. It's not cool, man. That's not cool. You're allowed to have a deal. She, she, asked, she didn't swear at him. She asked a nice question. When are we going to see the 150? I think it's a legitimate question. A question that any MP could ask, except it was a citizen. She was arrested. I'm gonna fast forward to you. Wow. Um, so we had the uh, the uh, the um, the the mosque incident that with the the guy killed six in Quebec times. City, Quebec City, right? um, Quebec City. Very wrong what he did. He deserves life in prison. All that I agree. Whatever. Trudeau then pays a million dollars to each of those Muslim families. Okay, I agree. You know what? Fine. I have no problem with that. You want to pay, but. On two occasions, okay, uh, Mr. Patrick Vincent died. He was a military run. Uh, he was walking on the street. I don't remember that. And he was uh, a couple of years, uh, about six years ago. And this guy ran right into him yeah. and then jumped out of his car once. He was and stabbed him to death. Yes. And then there was uh, uh, Corporal Chirel, uh, is it Cirillo. Cirillo, the guy that was sitting in the monument. He came, he was killed. In Ottawa, yes. Okay. And then there was... Uh, another uh, a Muslim who shot 10, 10 people on the Danford, called the Danford shooter. It was in Greek town. He came and he, he killed 10 people, including a three-year-old girl. Fine. But where are the millions of dollars for those found? I'm just, I'm just trying to be, if you're going to be even for one, even for the other, because if I was prime minister and I would have that policy, which is a good policy, you know, I'll, I'd help the families that were a victim of terror. Well, I would help every family equally that way we don't leave room for you know any sort of discussion if you know you hate them or not i mean well, what is we, your opinion on that yeah well, we all know that right we it's it's just him it's just the flavor of the month for him whatever is going to get him more votes because on that same note like you said you know then what are you going to do everyone knows it's still the same it's still the highest the highest rate of hate crimes are still against the Jews. So you're going to give a million dollars to every victim of Jewish uh, uh, Jewish descent that's been uh, the victim of a, a hate crime. Where where do you draw the line, right? What's worse than one the other? Exactly. Because now, because now it's the flavor of the month, right? Because that there's now there's a a, a vague of uh, mostly Islam, uh, Islamic um, Muslim immigrants 
then he has to show voters. It's it's, so they're voters for him. That's the only thing. You know, he doesn't care. Like uh, like ninety nine point nine percent. I don't know if you remember. Are you are you like from the East End? Yes. Okay. So you remember in the seventies and eighties and the beginning part of the nineties, Saint Leonard. Leonard, yes. RDP. Yep. The liberals always have the candidate, the Italian candidate. Always. Always. For, always. for all these years, Italian candidate. You know, the, I, I call them the token Italian that they put there because they didn't even care about Italians. And I'm yep. going to prove to you they didn't care about Italians. You know why? There's no more Italian candidates now. It's all yep. Arab candidates. Yeah. Well, figure. Yep. Why? You guys were used just like the Greeks and Shamani were used, the Greeks and Farnese in the 70s and 80s. Now, one Greek candidate, or, you know, maybe one, the rest are all Lebanese, which yeah. I understand. That's what you want to do. But tell me which party does that the most? The liberals. They Always. see and they use race distribution to try to get votes. And they do it to the extreme. And, Very. And, and, and I still don't understand why Italians and Greeks who still vote for that. They still will, Dino. They still, I mean, like they still will, Dino. There's that generation, Ublisa, Dino. There's nothing you could do. You're not going to convince them otherwise, Dino. There's, yeah. You know it. Try convincing your parents. The proof that they don't like you is that there's no more of this Italian candidate like, wall to wall. It's yeah. maybe one candidate. The rest are all like from my. It doesn't know, my matter. Life. You know why? Because they're going to look at the, the highest. The highest. How should I say expanding immigrant group? You know, yeah, because that you know what you know, like you said, they're gonna look at it as our our parents say they're the ones that gave us a chance that brought us into this country, and and you know the Italians, the Greeks, the the Portuguese were loyal, were loyal, were loyal to the end. When we talk about our older our parents' generation, and they'll never forget that, and they know that the liberals know that they could do whatever they want. But now, right, things have changed when we're, we're, you know, we're talking obviously on the federal level, on the provincial level, that's a whole nother story. But um, I wanted to touch, talk about how, how your perspective, your point of view of having to be a police officer in Montreal at the beginning of COVID, because I could only imagine, and I'm going to just say my, my little piece here and then and I've been waiting so long to, to see, to hear your point of view from a police officer. I could only imagine what it is to have been a police officer these last two years, like you said, and the texts that we, we shared before this show of having to get a call to go, to go stop Nonna Maria that has 10 people at her house of her family. Or uh, how do you say Nonna in, in Greek? I always forgot. One of my best friends is half Greek and I forgot how to say Nonna. A papu, the papu and pa right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, 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 yeah, yeah, for right. So, you know, or, or, and and how do you deal with these calls? And you know, we saw we all saw the videos of oh. people being arrested and people being pulled out of their houses. Um, I, I can't even imagine being put yeah. in that in that position. And I did it up to a point where I got fed up and I I, I undid it. Uh, I just walked into uh, I walked into uh, I didn't even give uh, any notice. Uh, no no one uh, sixty or ninety day notice like I think that we have to. I just did like the, you see on the TV. You yeah. walk in. You're the patch on and say, I'm done, I'm done. Uh, because, uh, well, it's started. Let's say, so at the beginning of COVID, we don't, know, we don't know what it is. And, you know, we're extra careful. And I agree, there was no vaccine. And don't forget, I worked the whole year without vaccine. No vaccine. There was no, there was no vaccine. So, yeah. uh, you know, and I was 55 years old. And I was the oldest guy 
to work in Montreal North. You know, we were answering calls left and right, gangs were going into a block apartments at three in the morning and, you know, they, they, they're resisting arrest for throwing. Now, this is COVID. I'm arresting a 20-year-old who's fighting me. I'm arresting him. I'm on the floor. I don't know if I'm going to catch COVID at my age, what it's going to happen. I mean, I'm physically fit, more or less, but still, you don't know what's going to happen. Okay. And there was, I was going, you know, work. I worked almost every day. Every day I was working, you know, and we were always short staff because there was a, I don't know how many, but there was quite a bit of officers that had medical. Oh, I can't work because I have a medical note. Guys, 27, 28 years old, but they're, you know, and, and, you know, here we go, 55 and I'll go work and, you know, I'll go in these block apartments and on La Pierre Street and, you know, where, where it's like, you know, it's, it's the Bronx of Montreal, unfortunately. Um, but that's okay. That's part of my job. My job was I'm a police officer and I do it to the best of my, my ability and that's okay. Where I started to draw the line. During the day shifts, we, we work 12 hours, six to six, six to six for COVID. Mm-hmm. I was, we would wear those masks, those N99 masks with the, the, the canister. Uh, we would be disinfecting the car every two hours with Javex. It was oh taking all that. So during the day shift, do you know that the bulk, even up until 10 o'clock at night, the, the, the majority of our calls were, hey, uh, down park, you know, on Gwain, just in front of the uh, Riviere de Prairie, the, Ils sont pas six pieds, ils sont à quatre pieds. Oh my God. Like three people were getting together and they were like at three or four feet and we were getting calls and we were having to go and we would have to tell them, here's a ticket because you're less than six feet. I mean, what do you do? You pull a ruler, seriously. Oh. So, I mean, I was nice. I don't, I didn't give a ticket. I said, I said, you know, guys, just, you know, just keep your distance, whatever. Or... Uh, at Dollarama, there was a woman. She calls. Uh, there was a, there was a fight at Dollarama. I get to go on uh, Henry Brasa La Cordera. I go there. There's a guy that he forgot his mask, so he was in like this. So he was he was doing this with his shirt. He forgot his mask. Yeah, he's wrong. He's wrong. I get it. But then we had a Karen over there that decided to go up to him and start telling him. Take a bad mask, you know, the old, the old Karen thing, you know? Sure. And the guy saying, listen, I don't have my mask. I forgot it. You know, like, leave me alone. And her, she got into his face and ensued into a fight where we had to arrest them for, for what fit. So what I'm trying to say is that this COVID started making people ridiculous. I was, I was talking to a a, a person taking down their, their notes on Gwen. And uh, there was a woman coming with double mask. She was in the middle of the street. I was wearing my mask too because it was the law at the time. And I had my mask on. But because I was there, I'm looking at her. She jumped. Like I even moved to the grass to make room for her to pass. She jumps on the street. She didn't see a bus was coming. The six, I don't know what bus it was. It was 69. It's the mere skinder. Skinder. <laughs> So basically, she jumped in the middle of the street to avoid going within three feet of me, but almost got killed by a car. That's the logic. Mass hysteria. This, 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 thing, this COVID has gotten people to. And even at home, I was walking my dog, and my neighbors, they were doing football maneuvers to try to jump in the street to because I was walking my dog. I didn't have my mask on. I don't need a mask. I'm outside alone with my dog. Yeah. You know? So uh, the paranoia fueled by the media 
the media day and night, day and night. There's always some doctor expert. Oh, you know, we're all going to die. Like, seriously, listen, I have so many friends that are surgeons. They're not allowed to talk, but two of them talked to me and they said, listen, it's all BS. No, it's not BS. Don't get me wrong. COVID is not BS. The mask thing is BS. Yeah. It doesn't do nothing. The mask well, does not do yeah. nothing. Yeah, it's it's come out. It's come out. All the truth has come out. In the operating room is because they don't want any sweat or saliva or anything. And they even have, because there's open wound, open heart, open knee, everything. That's the only reason. When you're in the oxygen in the air, there's no reason. But anyway, that's, 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 well, no, so, I'm not a doctor, so we're not going to go there. Yeah, no, that that's for sure. Because then we're going to be put down for misinformation, right, Dino? Exactly. <laughs> like, uh, my opinion and, you know, whatever, whatever so, you want to say. Besides this thing, you also had mentioned some other things to me. And that you were just, um, you know, talk to us a little bit about what led, besides what you just said, to your early retirement and your, you know, your your decision. And in terms of the police culture, what what it's become and what what it used to be, and now what it's become. Yeah. Well. Well. This the police culture. What it was. What it is. It's, it's. It's. In some things, they're better. Some things, it's better. Some things, it's worse. Back then, they, listen, they had a lot of, you know, the alpha male, you know, six foot, big guy, mm-hmm. mustache, you know. There's some advantage to that. There's also some constraints to that because it was all power. You know, you need a balance, a little bit of power, a little bit of, of, of uh, do right. yeah. uh, delicate, you know, being delicate, you know. And it got to a point where uh, now it's like, we're not allowed we have no more rights anything to even arrest someone or even to give an advice sometimes you know you give someone advice say listen i'm gonna give you a chance but you give them advice a stern warning you know and you know now you're all reprimanded because uh, you know uh they, they they're they're you know they get oh so it creates then um how, how should i say it creates an environment where I'm not interested in giving you a decent advice that maybe down the road will save you a lot of, you know, hassles. I'm just going to give you the ticket and say, here, get lost. I don't want to talk to you. You know, like sometimes I would say to a person, listen, I'm not going to give you a ticket, but I would give him a little bit of a warning, you know, but you shouldn't do this because the moral, but it's either that or a $495 ticket. You want the 400? I'll give you the 409 for we're at a point where okay here you go so now i became where after i i'm not giving anyone any advice i'm not going to tell you anything about the law here's 495 dollars and and it's not because of the cops that it's because of society everything is against the police against the police as soon as you make a little complaint oh we're gonna investigate the police you know what instead of just being a good person you know you wouldn't need the police but Look, for most of us, we don't, right? You know, for most of us that are law abiding and been stopped by a cop for speeding or whatever, or some whatever, We're gonna get to that because I'm sure there's going to be questions. About we, we, that. we are, we are. And, but, you know, I, I understand and, and I can't blame you for, for the way, you know, society has changed. And I can't even imagine being a cop in this, in this day and age and the way, the way society is. is. But, Mike, my, my, when do you think? we lost respect and for authority when uh, what what happened because i see it now how we treat our police officers how we treat teachers how we treat uh, our elderly when like for me for you and me i'm sure right we we grew up my parents you you respect us 
you respect your teacher, you respect your police officers, and you respect your even your 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 friends' parents. You understand? Because if I hear any other thing elsewise that I know, I'm gonna give you a nice tumbaloon in the face. And that tumbaloon is a nice 45 across the face. And it was plain and simple. I grew up and still to this day, I always respect my elderly, I respect police officers, I respect any person in terms of authority. When did we lose our way? Do you know? We lost our way at the parents' fault. And you know who? The parents, our generation, parents, okay? Yeah. Our fault. We don't teach our kids the proper way. We teach the kids never wrong. He's always right. He's always right. Anything is participation. We're going to give participation tropes. Nothing wrong with stroking the kid's ego, but you're not preparing you for the real world. I mean, remember once, once I, I did something. I acted out in grade four. So I had a letter I had to bring to my parents, sign and come back. So what is this? I go, uh, teacher said, I, I forgot what I did. I, I acted out, talked at a turn, whatever it did. I, it wasn't nice. you know. So she made me write the letter. She made me go sign the letter. So I told my parents, yeah, but the teacher, it's her fault. I, I blamed her. I, I got a whack across the, <laughs> the back, uh, the rear end. Don't ever talk about, why would the teacher lie? You teacher would never lie. And next thing you know, I, I went back to school with a tail between my legs and I never acted up again. Today's parents would take that letter, go to school. They would get a lawyer. They would go say, that stupid teacher, I want them fired. That's the problem. That's the problem. And like I might offend some people there, but yeah, because if you don't do a good job raising your kids, they're going to be dealing with cops like me, unfortunately. Oh, wow. So well said. So well said. If you don't take care of your kid when they're between 9 and 14, well, between 15 and 18, is going to be mine. And you don't want that. You don't want that. You know it all becomes from the home. It all comes from the home. I and I'm not talking about Italian or Greek. I'm talking no, no. population, all, all cultures. All We're cultures. losing respect. We're getting talked to. Back in when I started in the 1995 in the police, the only people that really talked bad and assaulted me were the criminals. Mm-hmm. Now it's it's the it's it's the little mother with the two baby seats yeah. in the back giving me shit. Swearing at me, I'm not going to use the words because we're we're on a podcast. I don't want you to be demonetized, but you know what I mean? Yeah, no, no, I, I, all sorts of lip and a a woman with two little baby seats giving me like seriously, come on, you know, before it was only the criminal, and I expect from a criminal, I expect it. But when a good person starts doing that, you know, I said this around like the same friend, you know, it is, and I think that is a microcosm of where we are as a society, right? In yeah. terms of that, you could tell so much how a person uh, will speak to um, even, you know, I tell my kids, you know, and I, I'm not I'm not going to pretend to be a perfect parent. But there's if there's one thing my kids do understand, I will not accept uh, laziness and I will not accept disrespect to your coach, your teacher, yeah. your elderly, your certainly your grandparents, your aunts and uncles. And uh, I will not. I will not. And I told him. And, and you know, my, my older son is 12 years old. And I tell him, listen to me carefully, Lesio. Okay? You're a good kid. You're respectful. But I'm going to tell you one thing. Not everybody's going to like you. Okay? You're not. Yes, you're a good kid. For me, you're perfect. But not everybody's going to think you're perfect. And I don't want you to think that way as you grow older. There's going to be people that are going to like you. There's going to be people that are going to be mean to you. You understand me? That's the bottom line here. That's what I think we need to tell our children because life is all nice and rosy now. But when you get to the real world, like you said, okay, and your kid hasn't learned anything, 
and can't deal with criticism and can't deal with anything, where do they end up? They end up maybe in front of a cop like Dino. Uh, okay, that's the extreme. But then we even have the, the more subtle. I'll give you an example. You got to teach your kid that not everything you do is amazing. And I, yeah. I know it sounds yeah. cool sometimes and whatever, but sometimes they're going to be amazing and you tell them and you reward them and, you, and it's great. And sometimes when they do something that's less than amazing, you don't, you know, you don't, I don't believe in, in beatings and other, but you tell them, no, it was not like this. And this is the reason why you shouldn't do it. You should explain. And the reason why I say this is because if the kid all his life can do no wrong, He's going to apply once at a job. I don't know. Let's say down the road, he's going to get rejected and he's going to develop psychological problems because he's going to say, I applied for three jobs. I did three interviews. I didn't get a job. And he's going to get a psychological, uh, you know, it's going to hurt him psychologically. And you don't want that. Your mental health is very important. So sometimes you're going to teach them, yes, there's, there's ups. And sometimes you're going to go through the downs and you have to prepare with the downs. But if it's only, only ups between the ages of like six to 20, can do no wrong and you know eventually yeah. someone out there is not going to find your kid as amazing as you do <laughs> and unfortunately he's going to be in for reality and then the reality is going to hurt him or her and they're going to they're going to have lack confidence that so you have to teach them that you know that life has, is, a, is a series of challenges and the reward is always greater when you fail a few times and then you finally succeed it tastes much better the reward Absolutely. You know? And Absolutely. I never met anyone that became a multimillionaire or very successful on his first shot. They just opened the business and became within six months. Not one. Not one. Was, the other there failures. There was oh, multiple yeah. multiple bankruptcies before that. Trust me. I know oh, a lot of them. You know, you know, so, and, and you know, that's all it is. Until that one good boom, that's all you need. Yeah. So, you know, teach your kid that, yes, they're amazing, but sometimes they're not amazing all the time. And to always strive to keep, you know, to be up there at, at amazing. Because yeah. look, and it's not because I don't like other people's kids. It's because I see the reality. And sometimes the kid will tell me, I, I've, I've stopped 12 and 13 year olds where they told me stuff that they're scared to tell their parents, but they opened up to me because I'm a stranger. Of course. Yeah. And, and, and that's what it is. And sometimes you have to, you know. Well, guys, here it is. Some parenting skills from, from the Agree to Disagree show and, of course, more importantly, from Dino. Let's read some comments, Dino. <laughs> uh, Dario says, a family relative of my ex is a Montreal sergeant. He said in the last year, a lot of cops were uh, went against the government demands for COVID restrictions to the point this past Christmas they were lenient and just gave warnings. No tickets because they had morals. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. For sure, Dario. I mean, uh, you know, Dino just said it uh, himself no. as well. I had, listen, I had, uh, I have friends that are hairdressers. I have friends that, you know, listen, is it normal to you? And I, I'm, I'm going to ask a question. Now. I'm going to get questions from your public. I'm going to ask you a question. Sure. Is it normal that when you're working in a certain district, when you have gangs and you have shootings every second day, but plus, I mean, you do, you take care of that. Don't get me wrong. You, you don't, you know, minimize that. Mm -hmm. But in between your few spare time that you have, you, you know, you're, you're getting calls to go see if someone is having their kids for Christmas dinner. <laughs> is it normal in today's society? Okay. Like I'm not talking about a wedding and a big party. I'm talking yeah. about someone's home who invited his kids and grandkids over. Well, you know what I mean? Like, is it, is it, is it normal? When, I don't care how scared of COVID you are or whatever. As we can see, poof, it disappeared. Look, magically. Yeah. It disappeared with, yeah. with with Putin's invasion. I haven't heard nothing yet. Everyone's opening. 
when, when, Come on. when it's when it's structured the way you just asked me that question you see the absurdity of it you know and and it drove me crazy from day one right that and it's proven right it came out that uh lockdowns and curfews did nothing to diminish the spread and now it's proven right so so maybe dr malone and joe rogan and and governor DeSantis are not as crazy as everybody thought they were right so here is a, 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 again a retired police officer trying to stay alive by what in one of the most uh crime-ridden areas of montreal but yet has to get a call, a call to say, let me go see Nonna or Papu because he's got a, he's got his grandkids over uh, and they're more than 10 people. Did you see the video of the cops in Gatineau with their yes. throwing the grandmother on yes. the floor? Yes. Is yes. it normal? And I'm a police officer. Is it normal that we have to do this? No, Dino, it's not. And personally, I'm going to tell you, and like I said, I normally, it's hard, you know, to, in, to, to in, make a comment on other pe people's interventions because they were there maybe for 20 minutes and I only saw the last three. So I don't like making comments, but I personally, with the experience that I have, with the age that I have and everything, I will try to find a way not to have to throw the grandmother on the floor. I would have found a way. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, putting it out there. Uh, I would never throw any, any elderly woman on the floor for a stupid thing like she had people over. I would never do that. I would find a way. Trust me, there's always a way to identify someone. First yeah. of all, she's in the house. You could leave. You expel everyone. And she doesn't want to. I understand. She didn't want to give her name because she didn't want the ticket. Okay. You know, it's a house. You know who lives in that Natural. house. You, go, you take the registry and you give it to the proprietaire by the bus. Why do you have to throw her on the floor? Pas compliqué. I could, I could even tell him, you know, role foncier, pas difficile. Um, did, you see the, did you see the dad who was playing in Calgary in, in a rink all alone with his two kids? Yeah. He threw him on the floor. Is it normal that cops have to throw someone on the floor in front of his two kids because he was playing hockey all alone? Yeah. Is it normal? I'm sorry no. if I'm yelling, but no, hey, hey, officer, but you, some I, actions of certain police officers I have them up to here because it's ridiculous. It's I it, it, I'm it, trying it, to be a fair police officer, not perfect, never was, never am, never will be. Nobody is, Dino. Nobody but, is. But I would those two scenarios, just to let you know, I would never have thrown the guy on the floor in front of his kids because he was playing hockey all alone. It, I, it, it's 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 ridiculous. I don't know. Um, it, it's and it's, have the police of Calgary call me and try to tell me otherwise. It's ridiculous. Well, I'm sorry. There, there's a there's a double thing here. Okay, uh, Pat says um, courts will be jammed with all these tickets that are contested by our citizens. If I got a ticket during the curfew hours, I would have contested it. Trust me. Dario says... Uh, you wouldn't Dino, got me one for me. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Can Dino say how many cases are being thrown out of court for uh, COVID tickets? So before you answer this, Dino, I could say that uh, the last uh, the last statistics I saw was out of the 45, at the time, 45 million in tickets that they gave, they only managed to collect 5 million. I can't even believe 5 million. A lot of people paid them because they were scared, but the ones that contested have, have a fighting chance. I don't know the percentage. I really don't. But if you did contest it, you have a fighting chance. I, I could. Like I'm sure people that were fired because of the vaccine. Yes. You might have a fighting chance now because you don't need a passport anymore. So they, they, they will be. Listen, I uh, my sister works for a law firm and I asked her this question and she did ask it to some of the partners at her firm. And they did say that it, it's because it, it's not. You see, this is this is this. It's not a law, guys. 
it's no. it's say manda it's it's not a law so it's very different so the chances of you winning in court when you contest it to answer your question uh dario and and pat i think is is fairly high i really think it is fairly high from what she told me so now i i i don't know um dario says not every cop is a bad cop thanks dario they were and still are some abuse, the rights of others, but the disobedient, disrespectful asshole citizens shall be put in their spot also. It has a lot to do with how one was raised. That's exactly what da- what uh, what Dino was saying is because if you're raised not to respect your your grandparent, your parent, your teacher, how are you going to respect the police officer? It's you know, it's the correlation is very easy to make between the two. I'm gonna tell you something. I I, I was taught like I would never talk back to an elder. Even sometimes they'll tell me stupid things. I will never talk back. I might disagree politely. I will never call an elderly. Like, you know, some people are in their 80s. I always respect my elders. That's how I was taught. Right or wrong, I don't know, but I was, I was taught that way. And so far, listen, it made me stay out of trouble in life. I never had never had problems with the cops in my life, you know? Same here. Same here. I, I never did. Um Sal M uh, saying probably he said for the loser politician it is normal. Answering and your question probably he was answering your and I I know Sal is on our side answering the question that isn't normal that that you're being pulled and I don't know if you remember was that one that got to know that they were at the door and the, the cops door, the door cops and it was a and yes and they couldn't go in because they weren't allowed right because they probably yeah. didn't have a court order and they were and they pushed in and, and is even that right. allowed they're pulling him out of the house uh, yeah. Dino. I couldn't believe if you it. Don't have, if you don't have a right to go in the house, then you have no right to pull them by force out of the house. Thank I, mean, you. I don't Thank know. You. That's that's basic law 101 that I took. <laughs> Thank you, Dino. Thank you. This coming again. Thank you. There's so many. I have so many questions for anyway. you tonight. Uh, my good friend Tony Chichi, that actually is in Florida. I think he's coming back soon. Says. Yeah, he says the scientist is a fucking nut job berating a bunch of kids on stage to take their masks off. And I love Florida. I'm here right now. I love what he did. I don't care what he did. <laughs> I love what you saw it, by the way, Dino. Did yeah, you he see said it? it's ridiculous. If you want to keep him on, keep him, but it's ridiculous. Enough it with this COVID theater. <laughs> I love it. Honestly, he shouldn't have done that, but it's okay. I love yeah, it. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I, I just, I think everyone on, on multiple sides. Okay, let's. Um, I wanted to get your opinion. Your um, again, we talked about this off air. Is we, you know, I can't, I can't go through an entire episode without mentioning the Freedom Convoy. Yep. And again, I'm not blaming the police officers. They were, they had to do their jobs. You can't yep. possibly say I'm going to stand down they when had you're. A lot of patience. I don't know if you saw some. They yes. Had a lot of patience. Yeah, there was a couple of videos that we saw that you thought, you know. In general, and I have friends in police and I have contacts in Ottawa, and they were very patient. I must admit. I must they, admit. They were. Yeah, so they were, they were, they were okay. Listen, in general, you got to look at the grand scheme of things and not pull one cop that did something bad. You have to look at, in general, 99% of them did a very, very good and admirable job. Don't forget, they're ordered, you know, and they're not a lot like me. They didn't have 26 years where they can put the badge on the table and yeah. walk away. They have six, seven years, five years. They have a family to feed. They're not going to quit their job. That's I don't expect point. them to do that. Uh, I don't expect them to do what I did. I did it because it, the timing was right. If I were, if I was a rookie, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah, but, at that point, you, you were. Yeah, you could have done it. And that brings up a very good point, guys. You know, 
we're all we're all keyboard warriors when we could say all oh, the cops you know stand down choose your place in history yes i understand that guys but like dino just said dino was in the position to do this but when you're you know you're in the middle of your career or at the beginning of your career and the first five years come on guys how many of us would really stand up for our principles when it is your job and the people paying your check yes you're there to protect the citizens but the politicians that are telling you to clear out this, what they see, you know, we have our prime minister calling you terrorists and whatever else, but that's another story. But, um, you know, what, what I wanted to ask you is, the, the, you know, there was obviously, we all know that there was no need for the Emergency Measures Act because yeah. you said it yourself. The provinces and the local authorities had enough power and enough time to prepare this. And my question to you is, why did they let it get to that point, Dino? So why, for example... Was it such a bother? Why did why did not the police cordon off Wellington Street to begin with and give them like the Quebec police did, right? They said, listen, this is your spot. By the end of the weekend, you've got to be out of here. And everything went well. Why was did they just let them do whatever they wanted and then say, Oh shit, they're not leaving? We gotta bring in the cops. Have you heard the business axiom? Lack of planning on your part shouldn't have to be an emergency on my part. Mm, love that. Okay, that's what it was. So basically, lack of planning at, at, at the manager, at the top levels, you know, I mean, they have strategists. They, and I can tell you this, I, I've been in over 400 riots, violent riots. Uh, 225 of them were during the, um, the, uh, the crise uh, de, de in uh, 2012, yeah. remember? I've seen uh, 25 Saint Jean Baptiste riots that I was that was involved in. I, I did over 25 May 1st black block when they were smashing everything. Uh, this is worldwide riots, professional riots. I've done a 25 uh, May 15th riots that was always against police brutality. The cop, mm -hmm. uh, always against police brutality. I was at the uh, G7, G20, G, all the G's because I, I was on the tactical unit. Uh, I've had billiard balls thrown at me. Okay. Uh, in 2001, when George Bush invaded Iraq, we had the uh, uh, the population, the Arab population, were, were having every week, they would have uh, violent, violent manifestations. They threw cocktail Molotovs, billiard balls. They were hitting us with sticks with uh, billiard balls of barbed wire. Uh, uh, those were professional, wow. professional uh, S-disturbers, if you want to use the word, right? Mm -hmm. These guys... And, and uh, for the Antifa riots, okay, Jaggi Singh, well, he's from Montreal. He organized all this stuff all, all over. People were coming in from Europe, professional hooligans, just to cause trouble. And all those riots were violent, violent. They, they demolished stuff. They put fires everywhere. And yet we didn't need the Emergency Measures Act because there's three levels, okay? We have federal laws, we have provincial laws, and we have municipal laws. Mm -hmm. And when you use those three in concert, and it's like a keyboard piano, federal law, provincial law, oh, you push municipal law is, is the key pedal at the bottom, okay? So those, if you just look at the keystroke individually, it doesn't make a song. But when you use the three... Together, you can make beautiful music. So by combining those three laws together, federal, provincial, municipal, guess what? You can clear out anyone. You can. You don't need emergency power laws. You don't need any tyrant, communist, uh, you know, uh, oh, they're, they're insurrecting. You, know, you don't need that. You could use those three levels. And even a lot of the top police brass were, not against, were against that because 
they all know we don't need that as police officers. Just give us the laws that are in place, back us up, and we'll clear it. You know? Having said that, I'm going to give you my opinion if you want to about the, the absolutely. I was 100% for the convoy. I think it was time because. Uh, you know, firing people for, for vax mandates, uh, you know, uh, I mean, you know, it, it, it's not right. Uh, uh, you know, truckers are alone in their truck. <laughs> a trucker is alone for 12 hours a day. He's going to back up into a dock. He's going to deliver. He's not allowed in the dock. He's, he's, he's in his truck. Yes. They unload. They close the truck. He leaves. He goes, picks up another load. Who is he a danger to? <laughs> Nobody. I'm asking you an honest question. Nobody. Who is that? Poor truck driver driving 12 hours a day alone, you know, BJ and the bear. He doesn't even have a monkey. Yep. <laughs> all alone. Who is he a danger to? Nobody. 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 Having either. said that, though, I, I disagree with the blockade of the bridge. And I'm going to. Yeah, absolutely. You. Sure. Uh, I, don't, but... I don't agree. Listen, I'm for protests. I'm all the downtown Ottawa. I don't mind. You're not, you know, there's all you, you know, you inconvenience a few things. It's all right. I, lo I love the downtown Ottawa. It was beautifully done. It was peaceful. There was no insurrection. No violence, like, no violence nothing. Thing, you know? But the blockade of the Windsor Bridge, I was, Ambassador Bridge, sorry, I was against. You don't need to keep people hostage. You want the, you know, you want the media on your side. The media is not going to be on your side, but you want the citizen on your side. That's the important person, not the media. The I citizen, agree. you want them on your side. By blocking that bridge and preventing people from working, it's not the right thing to do. A trucker, you know how how much power they have, and I know because now I'm running a trucking company. It's just I know it's you ironic. Know, I know how much, much power a trucking company. I'll tell you why. All a trucker has to do is say, "Okay, as of tomorrow, no more deliveries to Canada." If all the truckers got together without blocking, without saying we're not delivering to Canada until Trudeau, you know, guess what? You're not going to see an effect in one or two days. But a month down the road, you're going to see Walmart's going to be empty. Costco's yeah. not going to have nothing. Your meds are not going to be going to Jean Coutu. Now we have power. So, yeah. you know, I know I know some, some people are going to say, oh, my God, my meds. You know what? Yeah, but sometimes, you know, that's what has to be done. Unfortunately, and that's not the trucker's fault. It's Trudeau's fault. So, you know, put your ex on, you know, whenever, whenever we have to vote again, you know, elections count. I know people are saying, oh, voting is a waste of time. Well, now we notice these last couple of years voting counts because yes. we saw the difference Biden has made. Everything's way double expensive. We see the difference Trudeau makes. Everything is double priced. <laughs> we can barely live. We could barely live, and it's it's only getting worse. You see the price of gas today, but we were talking about that again off air. Two dollars uh, a liter, almost. I think back. Yeah, home. yeah, almost two dollars a liter. Um, you know, just just to close that off in terms of of the convoy is what saddened me the most was how our prime minister managed to vilify uh, our cops to the point that the you know the Ottawa mayor, uh, the Ottawa police chief, resigned. Yeah. Uh, and and yeah. how we managed to vilify the police officers and managed to vilify these truckers that just wanted to start a peaceful movement and say enough is enough. That's that's the saddest part of all this. So you know he managed to basically alienate everybody just because of his I don't even know for what. So uh, again, some some questions. Dino uh, Dario saying, can Dino provide us some info or links to where citizens can find out? Their complete rights from municipal to federal levels. Um, Your rights are uh, just go to the Charter of Rights and Freedoms. 
all your rights are basically right there and 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 they're the highest laws so any other law made underneath doesn't count it's that one so your basic rights and freedoms basically you have the right to live anywhere in canada you have the right to life liberty and freedom of speech and expression but that's uh <laughs> we're losing that one yeah uh, uh you have the right not to be you know ar arbitrarily searched by police for no reason <laughs> like I i'm gonna give you an example i know it's not a secret or anything. I can't pull you over for speeding and demand you open the trunk. I can say, sir, you, would you like opening the trunk? And you can. But if you tell me to uh, get lost, I really have no option. I cannot say, hey, open the trunk. I mean, I could. And if he opens the trunk and I find drugs, those drugs, guess what? It becomes an unlawful arrest. So it, we're back at square one. So it's, it's not even worth it. So you don't open the trunk. And that's it, you know, and you need a warrant, you get a warrant and that's it. And that's it, the way it works. Just like I can't enter your house for no reason. Can't, yeah. can't enter your house for, and they use this COVID. Oh, we're going to make an exception for COVID to enter the house. Why? So, 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 so basically it, it was like, I don't know. I, but I, did, I, did you have, like, Dino, did you have special it, powers? I'm did sorry? you have, did you, were you given? Yeah, they gave us special powers to enter if you have, but I mean, special power, not arbitrarily. We had to summarize why. Yeah, we heard a loud noise, music, party. You know, we had to, we had to justify it. We couldn't just kick down the door and say we're coming in. No, wow. we had to, we had to ring the doorbell, talk to the person. Now, if we see 10 people coming out, yeah, we can, we can go in. Uh, that was the special powers we had, but they were limited, you know, they were, but, uh, I don't even, I didn't even agree with that. We can't go in a house without a warrant. If a guy has machine guns and, and, and crystal meth and drugs, but, but we're going to go in for COVID. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on, man. Yeah. Like, you know, I, so all this, as you see why I retired. I, I, yeah. I it, it's, it really, being an honest guy and a straight guy, it was too much for me. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I'm gonna go see if someone is cutting hair in their basement. Like, come on, man. You know? There's, there's no, there's no balance. There's no balance. You just, you said it perfectly. You have a guy with a, a an M16, whatever, uh, cooking meth in his, his, and you, you can't even go in without, without just cause and 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 a warrant. But then you could have special power to walk into the house because there's family members together. I don't know, guys. If if anybody's gonna try to justify this. What happened the last two years? I don't know. I, I don't even know if I could even listen to it, honestly. Well, I'm curious if any of your listeners disagree. I, I would like to know. Maybe we could engage in a, someone who disagrees with me and we could have a you know a nice conversation. Like, I'd like to hear someone who actually thinks that this is a good thing. I, 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 I might convince me. I don't know. I don't think so. Not not my viewers, Dino. <laughs> I highly doubt it that we're going to find that. Because then what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So if this person says we should do that, then any time I could come to your house for no reason, you know, I mean, you know, you have well, to wait, you know. Can we look at it? I mean, this is not a police matter, but we're still going to, I'm still going to bring it up, okay? To me, it, there's still, uh, <laughs> uh, Dario says, Dino for PM. <laughs> I'm, I'm too honest to be PM. Same here. That's what I always tell him. Dino. When, when, when uh, uh, my friends or people have told me, why don't you run for politics? I'm like, guys, are you crazy? I got lost a week. Are you crazy? <laughs> politics. Yeah. Because you know um, what? They're going to pay trolls to try to bring you down and, and, yeah. and just mentally, mentally abuse you, insult you that you're not going to want to do it. So, well, you know, the, the example you just brought up, 
is I could I could relate it to the same thing. And this again, I cannot believe that there's actually some businesses that are gonna keep the vaccine passport after it's no longer mandated at March 12th here in Quebec. I I I I, I don't know if legally they can. I I I mean they could ask, but I don't think legally they can. But you, what you can turn around is if you're a gang of 10, you're going to say, you know what? We're going to go to the other restaurant across the street. You don't I just, want business. I, I, I can't believe how they're, they're, they're saying that, oh, it's it's keeping uh, my my clientele safe. When again, again, it, you don't have to look further. Or you don't have to do a lot of research where obviously the vaccine passport did nothing to limit the spread between vaccinated and unvaccinated of this, this of this of this uh, virus. So I cannot believe that we're still there. That there's voluntarily businesses that have been decimated, especially restaurants, by this, and they're still going to keep the passport after March 12th. Je comprends plus rien. Honestly, well, you know, I, then, I, then we vote with our wallet. We go elsewhere, right? Don't oh, absolutely. I'm, I'm, there's no way. I'm not going to. After this. I'm not no, going to encourage them. No way. No. And there's also a gym, by the way, uh, up north that's that's going to keep the vaccine. Really? There's been, yes, there's a gym. I saw a one one or two restaurants and a gym. I, I just. Well, um, it, good luck with that, because if everyone starts going elsewhere, eventually they're going to have to, you know, adjust their body. You know what, Dino? I hope they do. I hope they do. And they learn a hard lesson. I'm sorry. Um, I. I I wanted to talk about this, um, this, this, you know, defund the police that that came after the riots, after the George Floyd murder, um, and and a couple of things behind this uh, that, um, you know, this. I think that something like this didn't help when you have politicians and mayors saying, movements saying defund the police. And then you have those same stupid progressive cities like Seattle that now are saying, oh, we got, we need our cops back. I'm sorry. I made a mistake. We'll give more money. We're going to put more budgets. No shit, Sherlock, that you need the cops. What, what, what is this? Anarchy. Let them do whatever like they did during Black Lives Matter that they had an entire city block. Have you ever visited countries like third world? I lived in Haiti, by the way. I policed in Haiti. Yes. In 2017. We had like but 10, 12 murders every, every, every day, every day, 10, 12 murders. We were investigating murders galore, you know, uh, it was crazy here. We have 10 murders and every two months there, we had 10 a day, no joke, machetes, shootings, gangs. Anyway. Okay. So they're defunded. Okay. Some cops that we were working with, we were working alongside them. Uh, they hadn't got paid in two, three months. I was buying them lunch. I was buying them supper. I, I was, you know, feeding them because the government hadn't paid them for three months, but the government expected them to work. So obviously, how are they going to work? They're going to close their eyes. Wow. Now, it's not that extreme here, but it's a similar thing. When you defund the police and you, the morale is down and, and you're arresting cops left and right or you're, you're suspending them because someone on a hearsay, someone said, oh, he was rude to me. How do you want the cop to, to go and do the job and be proactive? Yeah. He's going to be reactive reactive in other words reactive i sit in my car i open the radio and i wait for calls that's reactive policing in other words someone gets shot oh i'm gonna go but maybe i could have prevented if i was patrolling and i saw a suspicious car mm -hmm. maybe i would have pulled them over and maybe that shooting two hours later wouldn't have existed 
it has happened. And I know I worked I worked in Cote Asia in the 90s. We had shootouts with Jamaicans all the time because that was the gangs back then. And, and then I worked in Montreal North. So I know a little thing about gangs. And you can't be reactive in those sectors. In Cote Asia in the 90s, we were proactive. The only way you can do, I was patrolling the lanes at three in the morning, guy with a backpack, what are you doing? Is it because it's it's not, and it's not racial, it's not, it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's called criminal profiling. It's not racial profiling. It's not. Now, if it was in Hoshalaga and it was the same guy, another guy with a backpack, it would be the same thing, except he would be Quebecois in the Cote d'Asia in the 90s. It was Jamaican. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, of course, they're saying, oh, racial pro. No, it's not racial profiling. It's it's criminal profiling because when you're in a backpack and you're peering in from balcony to balcony and you live nine streets away in lanes, I'm allowed to, to, to profile you. It's called criminal profiling and that's proactive policing. And that's how I was taught. I was taught proactive because you don't want to have someone injured or killed and then go and say, okay, don't worry. We're going to catch the guy. Who cares? The it's damage crazy. is done. You want to catch the guy. Maybe if they see cops are proactive, they're going to say, you know what? This neighborhood, uh, it's too many cops are on the ball. I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to go to the long gate. You know what I mean? Something like that. So we need proactive policing. Unfortunately, the politicians with those little special interest groups, BLM, Muslim Brotherhood, uh, all sorts of, you know, those, those little, little, those groups, you know, they vilify the police because they're trying to make themselves as victims. So, and then what happens, they talk to the mayor, the mayor talks to the chief of police and now they all, and they're all politicians, chief of police, they're all politicians, the chief of police. He's basically working towards his politics job or he wants to be a CEO of another company when he retires after his manda four years is up as a chief. All of them are like that. It, it's just this. It's not good. It's not bad. It, it's, it's the reality. We got accepted. I have no problem with that. Unfortunately, who pays the price? It's the cop on the street. Yeah. Me and all my other brothers and sisters that risk our lives on the daily basis that now as soon as we arrest someone, oh, you're a racist, you're this, you're that, you know, they resist arrest. We arrest arrest. We, you know, oh, how come he put his, his foot on his back? Well, have you ever tried to arrest someone that's 200 pounds and is refusing to be arrested? It's not pretty, unfortunately, but sometimes it has to be done. You understand? So he, it's just like when you go when you go to see your your chicken legs at, at chicken breasts at the butcher, you see them in a nice package. Oh wow! Like, they don't come from a factory like that. Okay. It has once it was a live chicken that was, it's not pretty, you know, and then all email does the job and then they put it in nice packages. Yeah. Then you eat it and you cook it. Well, it's, I love the thing. analogy. <laughs> but it's the same thing with policing. We want to keep the honest citizen safe while you sleep. We patrol and we don't sleep in our cars because sometimes the stuff that happens. So we make arrests. Sometimes the arrest goes well. Sometimes they fight back. Sometimes we use different weapons. And unfortunately, sometimes it, it not that we want to make it ugly, it yeah. turns ugly. I know. But so, so, so I see a lot of those results, bad results, like a George Floyd and some other videos that you see. Unfortunately, you always see the bad videos. And this has been brought up a lot. And I, and I, and I want to, first of all, ask your your training so a lot of people saying that the police force police officers are not properly trained in hand-to-hand -hand combat like a jujitsu for example yeah. 
Oh, we did. We did. We did judo and jiu-jitsu when I was in, uh, in in school. So I don't know. Maybe they don't do it today. I don't. Is know. it mandatory? Do you do you know? It was if mandatory it... back in my day. Today I have no idea. Okay. Uh, now, having said that, uh, there's different techniques. I mean, you're not going to start doing karate kicks, and you know, you're, you're not going to do that. First of all, it's judo because it's you know the best actually would have been aikido, but I don't. We're limited. We're limited with training. Uh, we, I think we're well trained in general. Plus, we have different, you know, uh, intermediate weapons. Uh, the George Floyd, there's just talking points, okay? Because it should not have happened for two reasons: fifty percent fault is George Floyd, fifty percent is the officer. George Floyd was gonna die that night from fentanyl overdose. He was already done. The knee it was just symbolic that he passed and he died there. He could have died in the ambulance on the way home. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, it was symbolic and it was to our detriment. Now, having said that, there's no reason why the cop should have done that. I'm not yeah. gonna lie. I've arrested people, I've put my knee on the back, not more than 15, 20 seconds. Once you handcuff him- There's no need, yeah. No need. And I can guarantee you, Today, with my experience, but not because of George Floyd, but in general, because of who I am, and I used to train the young people, I was supervisor, you know, I've done all that. If I would have seen any of my officers with a knee on the neck more than he has to, I'm grabbing him. Hey, guy, get up. Get up. Stopping. You're stopping him. Yeah. What, what are you on his knee for? Get up. I would have pulled him. I'm not lying. I would have pulled him. People are going to say, well, you know, I, uh, hindsight. No, I know myself because we've had scenarios where, you know, it wasn't to that extreme, but, you know, some, some you know, it happens. The, the guy has a knee. You know, once he's handcuffed, I'm looking, he's breathing, pull him off, recovery position. Mm -hmm. By the way, recovery position, so to open up the, the valve, the, the, yes. you know, the, so uh, the airways. He's in a position of recovery. So that's what we do, you know, and then we call the ambulance and that's what we do. Uh, you know, and, 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 and we do that. Listen, I'm going to tell you what was in quote. I was in quote in Asia on Linton street, um, uh, during the ice storm, during the ice storm, remember the, the and there was a suicidal call. A woman said, my, my husband's going to kill himself, whatever. Oh. My partner, we go. And, uh, so, you know, where Linton street is this, you know, Linton is. Quote yes. So, um, and you know, he had gambling debts. It was a, a Filipino man, honorable man, but he just wanted to kill himself. And we're trying to talk, trying to talk. And he goes, and at one point, you stand back. I'm going to stab you guys. And I'm like, oh, you know, uh, you know, calm down, you know, calm down. We're trying to calm the guy down. And then finally, um, after about 20, 25 minutes, he decides he slices his jugular and pissing blood everywhere. It's pouring. That's like, so me and my partner, we dive on him. I jump. We were in the bedroom. I take a blanket. I wrap it around his neck and put my thumb into, you know, in, uh, in, where his carotid, the arteries. And my partner grabs his, uh, the feet. So I had him by, by the headlock and I had my, you know, I'm stopping the blood and we're going down the stairs in the ice storm, put him in the back seat. We're trying to call an ambulance, but the ambulance said it's going to be 45 minutes to an hour. Right? You know, we put him in, I put him in the back seat of the police car. I jumped on him. I was on him the whole way. My partner got into the police. And the, the wife is arguing with us, you better not bring him to the Jewish general because I work there, people are gonna talk. Bring him somewhere else. He's bleeding to death. And the, the Filipino woman, I mean, she, she was embarrassed. People are gonna talk because she works there. I don't know what she was doing, you know? So we bring him, we, we bring him there. It was only one street over, you know, Linton, you know, to the Jewish. Yeah. So we, we brought him over and we saved, we saved his life. 
So uh, we were just talking about in general. We're talking about uh, how um, you know uh, you know sometimes we save lives and sometimes uh, you know we do interventions and a life is taken and you know it's never a good thing. It's never a good thing. George Floyd, I can guarantee you. I don't know why that cop did that. Uh, I would have pulled them off. Yeah. The other cops were didn't have his seniority. They, yeah, you know, nothing. They, but now everyone's in jail. Yeah. So, but now does he deserve? I don't know. He got thirty something years. Thirty something years. Uh, does he deserve thirty years? I know. I know. Planned murders don't even get that. So I, you know, that's why I hate the politics of it. I, yeah, it, I think it's, it's just a, it was a message. Yeah. I mean, Ben Crump. You know, Ben Crump is that black yeah. lawyer. Okay, I'm gonna make something, and and I know people. You know, you might have a mixed, uh, you know, mixed uh, audience. I have family in Chicago. I go to Chicago often. I spend about three months of the year in Chicago. The South Side, there's 40, 50, 60 murders like a week. Yes. A week. Yeah. The shootings are, you know, every week, 40, 50, 60. Sometimes 100. There's, I've seen 105 murders in a weekend. It's, Chicago's crazy. Ben Crump and the other guy, uh, I, the, Al Sharpton. <laughs> yes, of course, Al Sharpton. They, they don't like the black community. I know. It's all BS, and I'm gonna give you my opinion, and your 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 cut your 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 listeners can I, I agree or or not. This is why I think they don't like the black community. Now they have influence, right? They have yeah. all they have to do is get up publicly and say, guys, when a police stops you, do not argue, do not fight, do what has to be done, and then once it's over, come see us, and in it, and if he was wrong. We're gonna make sure that this co- uh, this officer is reprimanded. Mm-hmm. That's all they have to do, and they have to keep on saying it. And you're gonna see. No, what they do is, cops is racist. Cops is bad. Cops. If you get pulled over by by by, by a cop and you're a black man, you will be killed. I've seen that rhetoric. Yeah, so they now, feel they feel the fire. Yeah. What's a 15 year old black kid or 17? Let's say let's say 18 year old who's driving. Black kid, he's being pulled over. He's listening to Ben Crump. He's listening to all these clowns that are saying the cop is gonna kill you. So I don't know. And I mean, you know, at 18, your brain is still not developed. There are, no. you know, they're not the greatest to develop. They're hearing this cop is gonna kill me, cop's gonna kill me. So they flee, they fight, they run, and then it ends bad. And then, of course, they come down. We want 30 million dollars because the cop shouldn't have done that. If the black community, the kids, if they all would have respected and there would be no incidents, these guys don't have many money. They get their money this way. That's how they get funded. They don't. Ben Crump hasn't trialed any, anything. His specialty is going after cops who, who but he encourages the black team. Yeah, that's a good point. Fight the cops. And you... then when the black team gets killed, they come down the whole, you know, like, oh, yeah, we're, 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 you know, anti-police and police brutality. But where's your responsibility? Why aren't you in the south side of Chicago preaching, guys, why are we killing 50 to 70 black, you know, youngsters per week? Why? They're, they're, yeah, they're killing, they're killing, they're killing themselves. Yeah. Yeah, but why? But they don't do that. You'll never see them in South Side of Chicago. They're always waiting for that one incident to just politicize. So yeah. I don't know if anyone thinks I'm wrong. They don't like the black community because they don't tell them to obey. And like I said, I always tell, and I'll tell that to anyone. When a cop pulls you over, it's not the time to be the hero. To be a hero. You might be right. 
And you know what? The cop might be wrong. He might have mistakenly said you turn left and he says there's a sign and maybe there wasn't. You know what? Take the ticket. Zito, take the ticket. Go back, take a picture if there was no sign. Yeah. And it's okay. Starting to scream, hey, God, it's not, it, it, it doesn't do anything. It's, and it's, I, and it's, that's advice I give to anyone from my niece's nephew's daughter. Same thing. This is great advice, you know. I'm ready. And if the cop did something wrong, you know what? We have a system. We have a system. You file a plaint, the deontology, and the system will take care of itself. If in fact the cop was wrong, and you know, some cops do, do wrong things. The majority, listen, 99% are okay. If a cop has wronged you, by all means, I encourage you take the proper steps. Street justice with cops. Never ends well. It, it never ends well, guys. Never listen, well. when I when I get stopped by a cop, the only thing in my head is Lou. Try to be as nice as possible, as polite as possible, and I want him to get out of here as fast as possible. Yeah. That's it. That's it. And yeah. you know what, guys? Sometimes I've gotten, you know, I, I'll never forget one night. Uh, I got caught in a in in a. Uh, um, I was finished a long a long um, shift at at the at the ho- at the hotel. Okay. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted. You know, I was literally right at the corner of my street. Cop stops me during, uh, for, um, was it for, spe- for speeding? So he stops, he goes, I had my white shirt at the thing with the, you know, I look right. like I just came back from a party. He says, right. my like I, yeah. He says, uh, okay. Uh, have you been drinking? I said, no officer. He goes, where are you coming from? I said, uh, from work. He goes, you realize you're speeding. I said, on, I, I swear to God, I'll never forget this. You know, I said, officer, I swear to God, I know I was speeding. I'm going to tell you the truth. I am fucking exhausted. I'm exhausted. I just wanted to get home. So he goes back into his car. He comes back. I guess he checked my record, whatever. He goes, thanks for being honest. Be safe. I know you live right across the street. Have a good night. I'll never forget that, you know. Never. And that goes for anyone. And a lot of people are saying, well, you know, it won't work for a black guy. It, It does. It does. Trust me, it does. If you have nothing to hide, you're an upstanding citizen. I mean, listen, nothing is 100% guaranteed. If you deserve a ticket, you could be the nicest guy sometimes. Yeah, you're going to get it. Yeah, of course. You deserve a ticket, you know? Yeah. And that's what I'm going to tell now. Uh, maybe uh, some of your listeners uh, have, are watching or whatever, and uh, maybe one or two have gotten a ticket from me. Listen, in that case, uh, I could honestly say from the bottom of my heart, you probably deserved it <laughs> because, <laughs> because I normally give a big leeway. <laughs> so if you got a ticket and, and, and you were polite, it's it, it's rare. You probably insulted me or you probably, you know, did, in, I don't know, something made fun of me or something. That was great. So it's I wanted to go back, you know, my, my good friend, Tony Chichi said something, okay? And, and I hope he's still watching, okay? I'm gonna read the, the so because he he always he always puts me to task okay he always puts me in my place he's always he's he tries to to challenge me a lot of stuff which I love and you said this before so he says I would keep vaccine passport let me let me put this into context first of all uh, my friend Tony is an osteopath okay so he owns okay. his own clinic and he works for a clinic as well okay so he says I would keep vaccine passports in my clinics if I was allowed to we're not because we're essential service the majority of my patients would appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. Again, we're not going with science. We're going, and 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 and, and Stan is a osteopath. He's a specialist, and we're not going with science. We're going about. He said he answered his own question. 
He said, my patients would appreciate it. It's a business decision. He wants his patients to feel safe. And as a, as, as a healthcare provider, you want that. You want to keep your patients safe. I would have no problem with that, you know, because don't forget, we're not talking about a restaurant where people are going to go in and, you know, we're going, people are going there for a specific person. Yeah. So, so it's not the same. In his case, listen, if he's running a business and he, he, he needs, he needs to have people masked for, because if, even though the mask would be just like you said, just to make people feel safe. Yeah. That's a good business decision. He should, he should by all means do that. He should hmm, by all means interesting. Do that. Okay. I have, you got I have no problem. No, because you see, like I said, it's not a bar. It's not a restaurant. It's not a, you know, it's yeah. a special clinic. So you're not going to have 200 people there next to each other anyway. It's going to be, you know, controlled. And it's, and it's be very small and it's very close. close, close therapy type of, you know, yeah. So yeah. I, I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of things, a lot of comments I wanted to get to. And I, I want to, Lorenzo is also a loyal listener and a good friend of mine. So he, let's, let's see what he says. Growing up in St. Leonard in the seventies and eighties, me and my brother driving around in a sports car, we were stopped by a police on a regular basis. We were Italians and profiled. We told my father about this. And the first thing he told us was you respect the police and we never had any issues out of the ordinary. And they left us alone after a while. Well, again, it just basically, it reiterates what you said. When he intervened, though, he he's right, and I was pulled over several times for absolutely no reason, not even speeding. Uh, I was pulled over several times because when they punched the plate, they saw the name. It wasn't the Quebecois name. It was a different time. Cops at yeah. that moment in the seventies and eighties, it was like ninety nine point nine percent Quebecois cops, right? Let, let, let's be yeah. honest. We're talking seventies, and uh, well, I didn't drive in the seventies. I drove uh, in the eighties, and I was pulled over many times for no reason one is a feu de plaque was uh, a thing or i had two feu de plaque one of them was a thing like like nothing wrong with a car just feu yeah. de, one of the feu de plaque i think like, yeah. I, I personally 26 years my friend i've never pulled anyone for a feu de plaque i haven't i'm not gonna lie well, I, I respect never, that i mean a, a big light a brake light maybe but a feu de plaque and if i could barely if i could see the plate uh, it wouldn't you know it wouldn't bother me. So, so yeah, it's always that would be just to piss you off to show. That was a different, different patrol. time. Yeah, yeah, it was a different era, Lorenzo. I, I totally agree. Yeah, you here's would, a, the, here's the, another the, great question. Okay, I, I could almost relate it. I guess we could say in a, in a nutshell, this was Montreal's George Floyd, if you want, in a nutshell. So yeah. they want to know. Dari wants to know what is Dino's full opinion on the Freddie Villanueva and his brother. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah. So for, for those of you that don't know, uh, Freddie Villanova was shot and killed by a police officer in a park uh, during, they, they, these kids were in a park and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Dino, the, the cop car patrol came in, asked them what they were doing and then long before you hold, uh, all hell broke loose and one kid tried to go for the gun of one of the police officers and the other one pulled a gun, the other officer, and shot and killed uh, Freddy uh, Volanova. Tell you my take, and I know much on North. I know the park. I know. I know. I know. I know, the park. I, I know. This so was in what year? Do you remember? I was working that day. Okay. Uh, uh, let me see. Well, actually, actually, I was working downtown, but not. I was off that day the whole day anyway. But I, I was at Station Twenty at that time. Um, okay, my take on that. See, this is a case where. The end result is justified. The end result, what happened was justified. It was sad, but it was justified. Now, let's go back. 
Could it have been preventable? Yes. And I'll tell you why. Mm -hmm. So we had two people. We had we had <clears throat> a complete rookie girl. Yes. Yeah. Working with uh, a, a cop. I think he had nine months, if I'm not My, mistaken. My God. Super top cop. This guy, Jean Lou. Super, super good cop. He was an ex-military sniper. He's, you know, good. So there are two. Everyone else was on lunch or they, they were on calls. So they had no backup. They're alone. And they recognized. They didn't, they didn't just go and say, you know, they didn't go and say, uh, what are you doing here? No. Yeah. They recognized uh, the brother uh, of, uh, of Freddie. Freddie um, I forget his name, but uh, the stress of being in a popular show, I, I get, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so uh, they recognized uh, the, the older than the, 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 the big time criminal. The, the family was a big time criminal. They, you know, they, whatever. They, anyway, he was a big time criminal and he had a warrant for his arrest. So they recognized them. Now, the problem is that he's playing with about, 15 others or 10 or seven others all around they're playing dice game yeah so they're two in the car and they said we're gonna go there there's a warrant for his arrest and we're gonna take him out and it's lawful legally they're allowed mm -hmm. so legally they're allowed uh they, ha they have all the motives they see him they spot him they they have all the paperwork they know that yeah, we're gonna go get him so when they go they thought that it was going to be okay. I'm under arrest, and but you know, unfortunately, it didn't turn out that way. They mm -hmm. were surrounded. They were attacked. The girl got you know hit a few times, pounded, and then you know the guy goes for the Jean Lou's gun, and Jean Lou, Freddie, you know, unfortunately died. So, unfortunately, the shooting was justified, but the scenario could have been. I'll tell you how I would have handled it. And like I said, and it's not disrespect to Jean-Luc because Jean-Luc is a very good cop. He's on the SWAT team. I have no problem. But how I would have done it, maybe because maybe I'm not as strong as Jean-Luc. <laughs> if I would have been working with that same partner and I would have seen that guy, I would have said, oh, punch his name. There's a warrant for his arrest. We're two. There's two cars on lunch. And the other ones are, are, are busy with other calls. We have no backup. And it's how many kids there? There's quite a and few. There's about seven, eight. Well, seven, eight that they're playing, and there might be another 20 around. You, you don't know. I mean, I wasn't there. Yeah. Now, I would look at my partner, and I would say, do you feel comfortable going in and arresting this guy? And if, you know, the shirt hits the fan, and what are we going to do? And my experience would tell me, you know what? At least now I know there's a warrant for his arrest. We'll leave. We're going to eventually find them the day after. The day. Mm -hmm. Eventually, he's going to be walking alone or with one other person instead of like 20 other people, right? So that death, I mean, like I said, hindsight is 2020. I'm not judging what he did. It was justified in every sense. But how maybe I, maybe because I I don't have the same strength to say, I don't know. I, I wouldn't want to get into a fight with him. I, I don't know. I would have said, you know what? Let's live to fight another day. And yeah, maybe it was a maybe my view would be a cowardly one, saying, "Oh, you know mm -hmm. what kind of cop are you? You know, let him go." Because we have to pick and choose our battles, you know. And and this didn't end up well. Like, listen, they could have went in. The guy would have stood up, gave his arms, and it would have been okay. Yeah, you don't know. It, it's it, just 
it, it just it stress for the girl, stress for Jean Lou. I mean, uh, of course, I can't even imagine what it is to to have to take a life of somebody uh, in oh, that in well, that context. And you know, you said it perfectly. I mean, those cops, there's no way that they could have felt that they were uh, safe, knowing that there was gang members there. And by the way, this was in 2008. I, I just looked it up, and um, yeah. you know, it, it's funny that you know, I, I and I'm reading and I'm looking at it here that it led to to uh, protests and everything. But when you just look at it, oh, yes. guys, a, couple of, a couple of cops got shot by the way after, or they were shot, yeah. For, uh, yeah. for, you know, for no reason. Just but when you know, when you look at when you listen to to Dino's explanation here, guys, honestly, what was the purpose of this? What else could have happened here in this case? You had you had gang members kids that were obviously not making right decisions going for a police officer's gun what do you think was going to happen and then you protest this do you think this police officer wanted to shoot an 18 year old kid come on guys if no. you're a police officer someone goes for your gun what do you think you're going to do let's see i'm sorry in this case yeah man his life was in danger and he has to make a split split second decision yeah. Nobody, I don't care how well you trained are, nobody's going to make yeah, when, 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 between life and death experience. And, you know, I'm sure you could attest to this, that you're going to make a rational decision in a split second when your life is in danger. No, you start getting tunnel vision. Yeah. You start getting tunnel vision. I've been involved in these, some of these, some of these interventions where, you know, it all happens so fast. And, 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 you know, I'm going to give you an example. Uh, I was working uh, alone uh, on sta in Station 30, 1998, 99, 1999 around. So we get a call, noise complaint at 2 in the morning, Everett, uh, Everett and uh, near Jean Talon anyway. It's, it's, mm, it was, the hood, the old Italian hood. Oh, wow, no, they're two parallels, but it was on mm -hmm. Everett. It was on Everett Street and Pineuf. Sorry, Everett and Pineuf. What am I? Everett and Pineuf, just after. Mm -hmm. So... Noise complaint. It was a block apartment, and it was a, a party, a bunch of you know Haitians, and you know it was okay. It was so it was given. I was working alone. Okay, I was the we call it the Sankaranteer. I was an extra person, so everyone had their partner, and I was all alone. So they give me a so normally the one forty one at night shift. Uh, we don't answer calls. Okay, what happens is that when you get a call, you go with the other cop. So you're like the third cop. You're like okay. the, the 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 third the third wheel type thing. You know. But when there was a noise complaint, it wasn't, you know, it was a noise complaint. I was nearby and I looked and, you know, the other car was far. So I said, you know what? I call it. I said, you know, I said, I'm right there. I'm going to go. It's a noise complaint. I'm going to tell them, lower your music and it's fine. Right. Mm -hmm. So I go, go into the block apartment. I go up the stairs. I see noise pot you know the whole thing pot was illegal back then but you know <laughs> the whole thing noise racket so i knock on the door knock on the door one guy opens he stops sh shuts it again i go hey guy you know, i knock on the door again it's just a noise complaint in my in my mind noise complaint just yeah tone it down see if you need you know another guy comes what do you want i said i i need uh i, I said i can't hear i said are you the owner of the apartment or the guy in the lease he goes, yeah, I am. I go, can you come with me outside? Because I can. And that's what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go in the apartment. There was about, you know, 20, 30 people there. I'm all alone. I'll bring him outside in the front and I'll talk to him man to man. That was my 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 thing. So, also when I pull him out, well, not pull him out. I tell him to come follow me. He follows me, right? So we go downstairs and we go. There's a grassy area in front of the block apartment, and then it's Pineuf. 
Pinuf is like the main road and Everett, right at the corner. And um, your goal is to take him is to be outside, outside like, alone, not with the thirty yes, people. Yes, I was just gonna tell him, can I have your name and number? And I just, it's a warning. I'm not gonna give you a ticket. It's a warning. Mm -hmm. And he goes to me. No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, identify myself. I go, you know. By now, by this time, it's taking long, so people are starting to come out. So the next thing is about seven, eight people there. Hmm. And uh, I said, "Sir, you have no choice." You know, we're talking. You know, I'm talking to him in French, and I said, "I need uh, listen. I, I need to document this. So give me your name, and I'm gonna give you a warning. Close the music, and everything's gonna be fine." And he says, "No, I refuse." And he was like, "He gets all hard." I go, "Okay, relax." So he goes, and he goes, "Qu'est-ce que tu vas faire?" I go, I go, well, wow. I go, legally, I could even arrest you. So he goes, yeah, well, arrest me. And he gives me, gives me his hand. So for symbolic, I thought but if I grabbed this hand, he was going to say, okay, okay, Sassimono. Mm -hmm. Again, I misjudged it. Misjudged. Because he gives me his hand. As soon as I grab this hand, he pull, gives me a judo flip. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm upside down now. I'm seeing sky star like all within a, a, a second half a second i'm going and all this I, I know it seems like an eternity but it was like within a second and a half i'm going i'm gonna die wow when you're being flipped and you're alone and you, you know there's a party of i don't know how many people so what i did why well, i had judo myself you know but as i he caught me by surprise so as i'm being flipped well i grab him too so mm -hmm. I'm going to go down and we flip together. Like I go, you're not going to flip me and be on top of me. We're going to flip and roll. And I roll him over and I poke him in the eyeball <laughs> and I give him a chokehold. And, and I hold him. And from here, I call, I call. I said, I need backup surprise. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm freaking out, dude. I can't breathe. I'm freaking out. You freak me out tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> No, no, I, I, this no. is um, this I is, did so many times. I forgot. I look, you know, we no, did, this I, is we did all sorts of stuff. This anyway, is amazing. So finally, so finally, I thank God. I told anyone, and I told anyone come here. I go, the, you know, I, I told them, that, you know, it's not going to be good. And thank God, the grace of the good Lord, the guys, they they let me be on top of him, and they didn't they didn't intervene. Listen, I'm not going to lie. If they would have intervened, bring back and me, smack me on the head, I, I would have been over. You were done. They were. They didn't. Thank God. Sometimes it's just by the grace of God. See, in Jean-Louis' case, they attacked them. Yeah. They tried to disarm them. In my case, they, they let me and him, okay, we had a little bit of a, a rumble, but they didn't intervene. They could have easily intervened. I would have been dead. Wow. You know, like, like, sometimes it's just luck. Do you see the luck and yeah. the judgment, the poor judgment? And you, obviously he doesn't know that you're literally just there. You're going to give him a warning for... That's all. For, I, I told them it's only going to be a warning, but no. They, like, no they, and it turned out and it turned out he got injured. He had a, a laceration in his eye and went to the hospital and he got arrested and I, I got a bruise and, you know, for nothing. It was nothing. just a stupid noise call. Noise, wow. you know, like knock on the door, sir, Please keep it down. Thank you. Have a nice day. One of those. It didn't all right. Happen. Unbelievable. Last question. All right. Uh, this is this is a pretty interesting one. Again, from Dario. Why are there oh, barriers? He's all right. Yeah, no, Dario's, Dario's a great guy. He's a good friend and, uh, uh, like I said, a loyal, this loyal. Italian, the police force. Is he related to him? <laughs> um, he worked sure. at 46. I'm not sure. Hopefully, he'll he'll say in the in the comments uh why are there barely no cop cars at night patrolling and see them parked at stations when a lot of crime happens at night 
Good question. Is okay. This uh, well, first of all, there's less staff, so there's less cops. So let's say sometimes during the day there might be like you know five, six cars on the road, seven. You might have three at night. So just there, you'll see more cop cars in the station just by default. Uh, they're not supposed to be at the station unless they've made an arrest and then they're liberating the guy and then they have to go because we have a big big computer and it's easier mm -hmm. to do reports. Uh, if they're at the station, I can guarantee you they're, they're not watching TV. Uh, and I can honestly say in Montreal North, if someone was at the station, it was either because it was lunch hour or it was because they were using the computer because it has it's much more powerful than that stupid little computer in the car. Yeah. Where the keyboard is so tight and you're always making typos and you have yeah. to go back. it's you know go to the station half an hour tuck, 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 you, you type your report you know for half an hour 45 minutes and you're back on the road but because if he, in that little computer it's yeah. very very awkward and cumbersome so uh, he did answer he said i have police officers in my extended family i went on patrols laugh out loud okay there was a there's a vitalian uh, it was at 46 i don't know if uh, super nice guy by the way yeah so um yeah, it's uh, it's been you know what, uh, Dino, it's been it's been eye opening and it's been great to see your point of view on f quite a few subjects that I didn't look at it that way. Honestly, you made me look at things differently, uh, which which has always been a goal of mine when I when I started the show. And I hope a lot of guys and people and and watching and listening to this podcast afterward uh, learn a thing or two. And I think what I've taken away the most of this is, guys. The bottom line is, for the most part, a high percentage-wise, if you respect the police officer, answer their questions, nine and uh, three quarters out of ten times, you're going to get away from it unharmed. Nothing's going to happen. Um, and respect goes a long way. That's exactly what Lorenzo just said. Absolutely, buddy. I totally agree. So on behalf, uh, first of all, I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation Dino, uh, I want. I know that it's been said, but I want to thank you first of all for your service to our country. That's a pleasure. Uh, from from that is uh, first and foremost the most important. Thank you for your wonderful career. I know that you were a great cop uh, for 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 the city of Montreal. I wish that there were more cops like you, and I hope more cops look at it the same way as you. Yeah. And uh, of course, uh, lastly, but last uh, last but not least, thanks for being a Bruins fan. <laughs> just to let you know by the way we're talking about racial profile jackie robinson this is a tribute to jackie robinson it's the other way oh uh, jr yeah no jr you see yeah yeah it's a uh, good if one. you want to talk about racism this man this man went through real racism now yeah. that was real racism Absolutely. not what these guys are saying today oh you know this guy went through real racism yeah. back in those days my friend yeah. he broke okay. the mold Absolutely. He's a gentleman, super athlete, and he paved the way for 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 a lot of you know uh, better things to come in this country than that what they were in his day. You know? yeah. Lorenzo says thank you, Dino. Dario says as well. Again, thank you for your service. Thanks, guys. Thanks all I'm for sure tuning in. Some of those guys' comments on your thing, they're all yeah. right. Yeah, no, no, they are a bunch of, a bunch of great guys. Honestly, uh, they've always supported me from day one, and I I truly appreciate them. So, guys, thanks again for watching, and uh, I will see you next week. Dino, stay. We'll chat offline a little bit. Have a great evening, everyone. Be safe, be respectful, and respect your cops. All right. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.